0: I'm Brett Baer. I'm Maria Bartiromo. I'm Brian Kilmeade. And this is the Fox News Rundown. Wednesday, November 29th, 2023. I'm Eben Brown. A rise in anti-Semitism among the political left and a leading Democrat takes the Senate floor to say... Enough, And he said some
1: of this anti-Israeli and anti-Jewish, anti-Semitic extreme rhetoric that's intensified over the past, uh, you know, almost two months now, he said, is giving license to darker ideas that have always lurked below the, the surface.
0: This is the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, a Democratic senator from New York who is a Jewish-American, used his privilege to speak from the Senate floor today on a topic that, despite its growing presence and persistence recently, is not nearly often reported on or addressed by the press or policymakers, and that is the rising, loud, and often violent displays of anti-Semitism or Jew hate in this country in the wake of the Hamas massacres in Israel on October 7th. American Jews have been accosted in streets. Synagogues and Jewish centers are being vandalized, as are Jewish-owned businesses. Jewish students on campuses have been chased from their dorms and dining halls and forced to cower in libraries as mobs chanting Hamas-authored slogans pound on doors and windows. But as Schumer today noted in his speech lasting longer than 45 minutes, It is not the work of right-wing extremists. It's coming from left-wing radicals who often find a home in his own party. And for many Jews in America of liberal persuasion, there is shock and there is abandonment. There are in many cases people that most liberal Jewish Americans felt previously were their ideological fellow travelers. Not long ago, many of us marched together for black and brown lives. We stood against anti-Asian hatred. We protested bigotry against the LGBTQ community. We fought for reproductive justice out of the recognition that injustice against one oppressed group is injustice against all. But apparently, in the eyes of some, this principle does not extend to the Jewish people. And today, the leader of the Democrats in the U.S. Senate wanted to talk about it. Schumer noted that, uh, you know, he is the highest
1: elected Jewish official in American history.
0: Fox's senior congressional correspondent Chad Pergram is on Capitol Hill.
1: And he said, uh, look, uh, you know, I'm going to talk about this uh, in the coming days. It's something that uh, is a pressing issue for Democrats because there is a fracture of their coalition. I remember uh, just before the Thanksgiving recess here on Capitol Hill, you know, you had Hakeem Jeffries, the Democratic leader, Catherine Clark, who's the whip, and Pete Aguilar, who's the uh, the House Democratic Caucus chair. They were at the Democratic National Committee, and there was a mob that blocked the uh, the entrances and the exits to the DNC, and chanting you know you know pro uh, you know Palestinian uh, you know phrases here and also demanding a ceasefire and they couldn't get them out uh, and and it was a, a very dramatic scene Debbie Wasserman Schultz who is a Jewish is a congresswoman from Florida and was there and she said uh, later she said it was disturbing and I asked Brad Schneider another Democratic representative from Illinois I said what about this fracturing of the in the Democratic caucus here and he, he said well he says not so much in our caucus even though they have differing views you have some of these progressives and you have Rashida Tlaib from Michigan. But he says, you know, I don't view these groups like the you know Socialist Democrats of America as part of our coalition. That is a problem for the Democrats electorally because they need these people to come and vote for President Biden. And when they're calling him Genocide Joe, that's an issue. And so that's why I pressed Senator Schumer on this at his press conference uh, you know, a couple of days ago. And I said, what about that fracture? He said, well, we don't have a fracture in, inside our caucus. Again, talking about the members. His group is probably more together than some of the House Democrats. He said, but I'm going to address that in my in my speech. And that's where he, he talked about this latent anti-Semitism that kind of came out of nowhere. And people are trying to figure out you know, where this came from. Was it fueled by the education system of the past few years? Is it fueled by the fact in 1967 and 1973 with the uh, w- with the major Mideast wars that, you know, Israel was a younger country. They were kind of the underdogs now. And now over time, Israel has grown into a military powerhouse. They are, you know, a very sophisticated country that, uh, you know, has good ties with the United States, uh, gets a lot of aid from the United States. And that's where there's this schism on the left among some who say, you know, wait a minute, uh, you know, are we aligned too tightly with Israel? And this is where Chuck Schumer, in fact, we were kind of waiting and wondering if he was gonna come out and and say some of these things. And and he talked about, you know, just the fact that this is a line that stuck with me, quote, while the dead bodies of Jewish Israelis were still warm, while hundreds of Jewish Israelis were being carried as hostages back to Hamas tunnels under which, under Gaza, Jewish Americans were alarmed to see some of our fellow citizens characterize a brutal terrorist attack is justified just because of the actions of the Israeli government. And in the the, the remarks on the Senate floor, Schumer went through different years in history, a litany of them, uh, dating back to years that just have three digits in them. Where <laughs> you, you know these are are years that stand out to Jews as as significant years where they were repressed or they were killed or or what have you. And he kind of suggested that we're at one of those inflection points. Right now, Evan.
0: He he also and you mentioned this just a moment ago, and I'd like you to talk a bit more about it. He he made it uh, a professorial, and in, in, in that there was a bit of a history lesson because I think he gave the reason that it, th- there may just be a lack of understanding of, of world and and Jewish history. But he also made it personal. This is something that uh, for those who may have had the chance to interact with Senator Schumer through the years, his Jewish identity is is, is something that's very important to him, and therefore this. I think was was very well reflected in his remarks today, and he, he certainly notated that.
1: Yeah, he had this line here. He said, you know, talking about the Holocaust, he said, you know, many of those Germans of goodwill who marched in the early years of Hitler's ascension stayed on the sidelines. And he said the end result, you know, we kind of know what happened. Six million Jews were were, were murdered. And he said some of this anti-Israeli and anti-Jewish, anti-Semitic extreme rhetoric that's intensified over the past, uh, you know, almost two months now, he said, is giving license to darker ideas that have always lurked below the, the surface. And, and so... This is where you have somebody like Chuck Schumer who is the majority leader in the Senate. And as he said, you know, the highest elected Jewish American official in, in history, he has a bully pulpit and he can, he can talk about some of these things and, and be outspoken. And I think that's why he, you know, he took that time on the floor. Uh, Mitch McConnell, the minority leader, was there listening and watching and complimented him after the speech and said that's exactly what needed to be said and thought it was a very powerful address by Chuck Schumer. But when you have these moments like that, uh, you know, I've seen different political leaders over time. Nancy Pelosi from time to time, and this was more based on policy using her position when she was the speaker or minority leader to, um, as she used to say, know your power. And she would use it in, those sense, in that sense. Uh, Harry Reid, who was the Democratic leader in the Senate uh, from Nevada, would do the same thing. Uh, Harry Reid, this is not quite the, the same as dealing with the anti-Semitism that we're talking about, but made it one of his pet projects that, to just go down to the Senate floor on a regular basis and rail against Dan Snyder, the former owner of the now former Washington Redskins, now the Commanders, and this, this was his pet project. And so, you know, <laughs> you know, in years later, some people think that, you know, somebody like Harry Reid of that much power, that that held sway because Dan Snyder no longer owns the football team here. So it's significant when you have members of, of leadership, you know, step into the fray, and because of Chuck Schumer and his identity and his background, uh, that's why he, you know, kind of took up the gauntlet today.
0: We are speaking with Fox's senior congressional correspondent, Chad Pergram, on Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer's speech calling out the rise of anti-Semitism in the United States on the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition. We'll have more straight ahead. This has really become, I think, a thorn in the side for Democrats. You spoke just a few moments ago about things on the House side and the 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 coalition of Democrats that appears to perhaps be fracturing over this. You you have much more, I think, uh, classically liberal Democrats who ex- express uh, and and rather vocally their support of, of uh, Israel uh, and of Jewish Americans, uh, and then you have the so-called progressives or the far left, namely the Squad, as as they've been they come to be called, uh, who have either been been ambivalent to anti-Semitism, or who have uh, outright uh, more than critical of Israel, and there was a, a resolution passed, I believe, the other day in the House. But it was remarkable as to who voted and how. And I was wondering if you could kind of give the the details on that.
1: Well, this is where you've had, you know, some members, you know, talk about well, what should their stance be on this? Uh, again, you're always going to have. A group of progressives in the House of Representatives, uh, and I talked about Rashida Tlaib and some others, who said, you know, w- you know, we're concerned about the humanitarian effect of this. You know, we, we, we push for a ceasefire. And then you have somebody like a, a Jewish member, pretty liberal, Lois Frankel from Florida, who dropped out of the Progressive Caucus just over this issue because she didn't think that some of her progressive colleagues were taking care of businesses that pertain to Israel and, and protecting... Uh, People of the Jewish faith here in the United States. And this is where Thomas Massey, who generally votes against a lot of these resolutions, you know, he opposed that uh, the other day. I, I might note that Thomas Massey was the only vote on the Republican side to vote against a resolution condemning Hamas and saying Israel has the right to exist and defend itself. Uh, there were a total of 14 other Democrats who either voted present or voted no and Thomas Massey. And he's somebody who sometimes is an outlier in terms of his votes. Uh, he, he, this the way he synthesizes roll call votes is a little bit different than other other members. But that's significant. And, uh, you know, and look at his district, too. You know, his district is kind of a suburban district. It has some very rural areas in, in, in northern Kentucky. And he's from the extreme northern tip of that district, but you get into the Cincinnati suburbs and, you know, one wonders if that's going to align with that base there, you know, that, that district, mm-hmm. the urban, the suburban part of that district is right across the river from Cincinnati. And so, you know, just not on this issue, but one wonders if that might be uh, an issue for Thomas Massey at some point down the road. You know, uh, you know one uh, member that's faced this because uh, the district changed a few years ago and got a new congressman, Jamal Bowman. He represents a district, and he's somebody who who voted no on that resolution a few weeks ago. That straddles New York City, the Bronx, and then the the, the districts and just outside or the uh, outside of the city. And you know, he defeated Elliot Engel in a primary. who was a committee chairman, top Democrat on the Foreign Affairs Committee, who had strong ties with APAC and and the and, and the Jewish lobby here in Washington D.C. And then the next thing you know, Bowman wins, and that seems to be a disconnect in that district with some of the Jewish population. So again, you know, we're just not seeing this. These aren't one-offs. You're starting to see this all over because there, there is this fracture, and, and, and we're trying to figure out which direction this is going to go, frankly. And, right. and, and it's gonna be very interesting to see the reaction and the potential impact, and if it has impact and resonance after the remarks of Chuck Schumer today.
0: Let's talk about congressional uh, desire to provide uh, continuing aid to Israel and this battle that is uh, having some people wanting to tie this aid uh, to a a package, another package for Ukraine, others who want to have this separate from the Ukraine uh, aid package that might be coming through. This seems to go along more party lines, I think. But uh, but tell me more of the specifics.
1: That's what we're trying to figure out because everybody knows what the Ukraine part is. Everybody knows what the Israel part is, although there's some, again, progressives who want to put restrictions on this, and you've had uh, some Democrats say, no, we don't think we should be judging what the Israeli government and the Israeli military should be doing when they're trying to get their people back and, and trying to protect themselves, and some say maybe we should put restrictions on that. American government says, well, we're in the middle of a war, okay, that's an issue there. But the real wrinkle in this, and this is why this package may completely blow up, is whether or not they can get attached to this some form of border security or changes in asylum programs. Mike Johnson, the new Speaker of the House, and Mitch McConnell, the Senate Minority Leader, have both said that, look, uh, we need to to attach something to this if we're going to move this bill. One wonders if that is an effort, because they know how challenging border security and immigration related issues are if that's an effort to kill this and then blame the Democrats and say, well, you know, the Democrats, they're weak on the border. We've got an issue. Chris Murphy is a Democratic senator from Connecticut. He represented in the House. He was a senator elect when the, the shooting at Sandy Hook happened. And so he was in the House. That's his old district and then, and then took over in the Senate. So he has worked extremely hard on firearms related issue and gun safety, et cetera. So he was asked about the state of play on this aid package and also trying to put the border security piece into this. And he said, quote, gun control is a piece of cake compared to immigration. Now, that tells you a lot about just how tough this negotiation is. And this is where some Democrats are saying, well, this is potentially a poison pill because you had the House Democratic leadership earlier today and they couldn't tell you definitively what the Republicans are proposing. Nobody can in the building. We hear these rattlings about uh, asylum and, and more border security and money. And that's where, you know, Mitch McConnell kind of said, my red line is that has to be in this bill. But nobody knows what the red line is because the Republicans can't agree. You had Heritage Action from the Heritage Foundation basically working behind the scenes to tell some of these conservative senators that they better not, you know, you know, meet the Democrats halfway on some of this border stuff. You know, so, uh, you know, this universe is not formed yet. Chuck Schumer indicates that he wants to put this bill, dealing with this, on the floor uh, next week. There's no hard deadline, but everybody kind of knows that the deadline is really Christmas. But if there's nothing to vote on and they can't come to terms, well, what do they do? You leave Ukraine in the lurch. You leave Taiwan in the lurch. You leave Israel in the lurch. That's a really bad signal. And of course, Republicans are trying to get some extraction out of this on border security, and that's the politics where maybe potentially potentially they could blame the Democrats for saying they blew it up when Republicans couldn't come to an agreement on their own side as to what they want with border security.
0: Chad Pergram, our senior congressional correspondent on Capitol Hill, thank you so much for being with us once again on the Fox News rundown evening edition. My pleasure.